Maggie, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. Thank you for asking. Not everyone does. How rude. <laughs> Maggie, I have a question for you. Bring it. Let's say you were having a party. Mm-hmm. You know, all those parties you host? <laughs> yeah. At your house, at your apartment, wherever. Would you promise to all the people that you invite that your apartment is a penthouse in Manhattan <laughs> with the most luxurious up-to-date accommodations and not only that but you're going to have live music by some of the biggest names in the industry right now <laughs> uh, no and would you do that knowing that you could not deliver I don't like to make promises that I can't deliver I would not do that no well got to keep it honest got to set the bar low I would do the opposite of that <laughs> Well, that was not the approach that a man named Billy McFarlane took. Welcome to Big Time Whoopsies. My name is Eric McAdams, and this is a podcast about incompetence on a grand scale. This week, I'm going to tell a story to my lovely friend, Maggie. Say hi, Maggie. Hi, Maggie. Hello. Oh, Tom did that joke a few weeks ago. I know. Ago. That's what I, it was on my mind, because we were just talking about it. Hey. <laughs> hi, said, Maggie. It's low, it's low hanging fruit, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> of course. That's what you're here for. Gotta get that out of the way. <laughs> Gotta get him somehow. So here on Big Time Websites, what happens is I tell a guest and you, the listener, a story from history or from current events, as the case may be, that involves massive incompetence, incompetence on a grand scale, a lot of people making what you might call a Big Time Whoopsie. I'm so ready. I've been so excited about this story all week. You know, but I don't know. I don't know anything about it. I'm ready. I I have never had a guest so impatient to hear the story. (laughs) Cause like every other person I've, I've said like, Oh, I'm going to tell you this story. And they, and they go like, Oh, cool. Whatever. Cause like, I tell them like one, I tell them the title of it or something. And they go like, yeah, that sounds fine. Whatever. I'm sure I'll be, I'll like it in the moment. You, on the other hand. Well, you, you <laughs> sent me two words. You sent me the words fire, spelled with a Y, and festival. And, like, I don't... That sounds great. Today's that sounds story like... <clears throat> is called Fire Festival, an experience. Two more words. It gets even better. And, listeners, you may have gotten this from what Maggie just said, but, Maggie, you've never heard of Fire Festival, have you? You just said that in a really patronizing way, and I don't like that. (laughs) No, it wasn't meant to be patronizing. It was meant to be delightfully anticipatory. All right, okay, we'll go with that. No, I don't know what that is. Well, (laughs) have you you come to the right place? Because I got two whole pages of notes all about Fire Festival, which I think a lot of my listeners might have already heard about. 
But for you, it will be a glorious news story. <laughs> you know, I live under a rock, so this is, you know, you could tell me a lot of things that would shock me. <laughs> a lot of incompetence. Yeah, I'm, te- a- I'm a little tempted to just lie. Just like, <sighs> make up the story. I've, you know, I've controlled myself. I haven't looked this up on Wikipedia or mm-hmm. anything, but I, I will, you know, oh, when yeah. we're done. So don't lie. <laughs> I mean, one of the things that I do actually want this podcast to inspire is for people to, like, go out and research more about what I'm talking about. Because most of the time I just do basic overview stuff. And if people want to do deeper dives than I do, I welcome that. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. So if I get anything wrong, you can tell me about it after you Google it. <laughs> You want to get started? Let's go. You want to dive down deep? You want me to... Are you ready to hear the tale of a boy named Billy? (laughs) Yes, I'm so ready. Billy McFarland was born sometime in 1991. I don't know when, nor does his Wikipedia page. That's a great start, Eric. Thanks. (laughs) Off to the races. Yeah. (laughs) It is said that by the age of 13, he was already shitty. (laughs) That's the first line of the Wikipedia article. No, that's the first line of my notes. (laughs) (laughs) Because at age 13, it is said, I've, I've heard that he made a business that was meant to match business clients with designers, like a content sharing kind of deal. And he kind of continued this. He went to college, but he dropped out. So that he could create the company known as Spling. Spling. That yeah. Could be a lot of, that could be a lot of word combinations in Spling. Spling was an online ad platform that essentially matched businesses up to advertisers or content producers. Pretty much the same thing he'd been doing since the age of 13. Right. I guess it was reasonably successful because by 2013, he was able to found Magnuses which was an app that began as a quote-unquote black card that gave its clients discounts at hot restaurants or clubs, really, like, cool, hotshot kind of places. Okay. Magnuses is a nonsense word. It means nothing. (laughs) All right. Billy McFarland, in fact, said that it's Latin for nothing, but it sounds grand, doesn't it? Wow, he sounds... uh... Like he's got some work to do on himself and his personality. And he looks exactly the same. (laughs) Well, that's good. At least it's consistent. Pretty, like, I feel like if you pictured the archetypal tech slash finance bro, you'd (laughs) get pretty close to Billy. Great. We saw a lot of those at our college, so. We did. Great image. Middlebury College, four years of socialism, then Wall Street. (laughs) Yep, nailed it. Mm-hmm. So, Magnuses, which again means nothing, was always douchey because, like, the first line of its advertising campaign is all about making its clients feel elite or like an insider. Oh, no. That is not me putting words in the, into its mouth. That is exactly what is on the Magnuses website. Oh, I wish that that didn't work. I wish that that drove people away, but it's not going to do that, is it? What essentially it would do is it would get you discounts or reservations at nice restaurants or cool clubs, 
And it would also grant you access to a townhouse in New York City that McFarland essentially used like a frat house. Oh my. So you could go there to party, I guess. It would uh, later be found out that McFarland, on McFarland's uh, rental agreement or lease or whatever, yeah. uh, he had agreed to only use it for residential purposes. Great. And he was yeah. eventually sued for $100,000 over that. Whoa. But that's fine for Billy because Magnus's became very profitable by like oh, 2015, no. 2016. And around that same time, McFarland decides that it's time to expand. Mm-hmm. Once he does that in 2015, 2016, they go from like eh, 12,000 maybe clients to about 40,000, okay. which is a big right. jump. And they also start to promise not just discounts to restaurants or getting you into clubs or access to the townhouse. It would also promise tickets to big, exclusive, uh, hard to get into events like music concerts or uh, musicals like Hamilton, stage (laughs) shows, uh, VIP events, uh, movie premieres, that kind of thing. They would try, they would, they would offer ticket packages to people like, you know, if you want to go to the Beyonce concert that you could book it through them. Wow. That's, I would, well, I wouldn't do that now because I'm learning about it, but that's a tempting offer. Yeah, this if this feels like an advertisement for Magnuses, remember what podcast you're on, guys. <laughs> remember what wait. you're listening. To- I gave you the whole tagline at the beginning. You should know. <laughs> Pretty much immediately after Magnuses expands, it starts experiencing problems. Great. As Pretty much as soon as it expands, there begin to be complaints about the service Things like tickets not showing up for people who had purchased them mm, or good. or uh, member fees being charged too early because, oh, I forgot to mention this. Magnus is originally you had to pay four hundred and fifty dollars a year to be a part of it. And mm. that was later when they expanded. That was downgraded to two hundred and fifty dollars. And while they were having logistical problems where, say, they would promise tickets to Beyonce, people would order it, their order would be confirmed, and then literally the day of the concert, they would be told it had been canceled. Whoa. Yeah. There's <laughs> there's this one story I read in an article of a guy who says he bought tickets to, a th- to Hamilton, yeah. and he told a couple of friends of his that he had tickets for it, so they came to New York City, they had to fly there. Oh, no. And then it got canceled the day of, and they offered to make it up to him by getting him tickets to a future thing, and so they did the same thing, and it got canceled again. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That is terrible. I know. I mean, in the, you know, first world, that's, it's it's a first world problem, perhaps, but it's still (laughs) shitty. Can you imagine, like... I cannot imagine feeling like that much of a jackass. Like yeah, yeah, like uh, how can promising you, your friends that you're yeah. going to this show that everyone's talking about, getting them to fly up there because you definitely have tickets to it. Yeah, and then being uh. like, whoops. Well, it's not his fault though. It's this Billy. It's, it's his fault, fault for trusting them the second time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, if only once, you know. Yeah, Is it, I'm pretty sure George W. Bush said that. Oh, well, I'm going to unsay that. Then. That's a joke. He, he tried to say <laughs> that one time and didn't succeed. Oh, uh, well, that's most of what he said. So He said, fool me once. Uh, 
fool me twice, can't get fooled again. I believe that's the direct quote oh, no. from George W. Bush. Wow. Yeah, he 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 got he went for a quote and it didn't work out. I know that's a lot of what comes out of his mouth, though. Yeah, remember that when people go like, "Don't you just miss the days of George W. Bush?" and you should go. Who says no. that? Oh, some some people are talking about George W. Bush like he wasn't that bad because Trump is so bad. Yeah. But George W. Yeah. Bush was a war criminal, guys. Don't forget. Never forget. And he's a bad painter. <laughs> More importantly, and and he was a male cheerleader. Anyway, or yeah. wait, uh, yeah. Frat boy. Frat boy. <laughs> I like wow. the accent you put on that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not sure where that. Ah uh, yes, I am a frat from. boy. <laughs> I am a frat boy. So Magnus's is kind of having some problems. Like is it a, just Billy, or does Billy have a team? Does he have a squad? I mean, he's got a employees. squad of swindlers. He's got employees, okay. like he's and he's pulling in money. Remember, and I also remember. it's it's a, my favorite part of this. The favorite like sneaky thing about it is that they started collecting membership fees early, mm-hmm. and that seems like that's such that's a weird thing. But oh well, whatever. But it's <laughs> probably so that they could pay for the services that they were offering. Yeah. They also, uh, they kept offering, like, exclusive private jet trips around the world to, like, from New York City to New Orleans or something. And there was one that went to Cuba that got canceled, like, three separate times. Um, wow. So, like, huge spoiler alert, that didn't work out too great either. <laughs> so in 2015, because, you know, Magnus is doing so great, McFarlane decides to start a new company with a man named Jeffrey Atkins. Jeffrey hmm. Atkins... Founder of the Atkins. Jeffrey right. Atkins was born in New York City, and he's better known as Ja Rule, the rapper and producer. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> Take me through your reaction right now. Tell me what you're thinking, Maggie. Ja Rule. I've heard that name. I know he raps. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Maggie. <laughs> This has been Maggie, folks. <laughs> Honestly, I'm I'm glad you at least knew who he was. I wasn't sure you would. Ask me more questions about pop culture, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I will. Maybe I will, Maggie. Oh, no. <laughs> I probably have a couple in my notes. Maybe I'll go easy on you. So, Ja Rule is McFarland's new business partner. What could go in wrong? about two years before 2015, when he became the new business partner, he had just gotten out of prison. Oh. <laughs> but it was just tax evasion, nothing interesting. Whatever. Sounds like a great business partner, though. Prison man. Yeah. Ja I don't know. I'd be business partners with Ja Rule. I don't think you would, Eric. Something tells me. I don't think I'd do what Billy did, though, because together they make Fire Media Incorporated. Okay. Here, there's the. Is that spelled with a Y, right? We're getting. It is. It is spelled right. with a Y. Oh, boy. Their big idea is to make an app, much like Magnus's, only instead of it being like a black card to get you into cool places, Fire is a music booking app that allows for live booking so people can bid on different talent and have them show up at their event. Oh. And they curate a stable, mostly of uh, rappers who were famous like 10 years ago. Okay. Those are all the ones that Ja Rule knows. Yeah, that might make sense. (laughs) 
That seems to be most... It seems, from what I've seen, they have a roster of, like, featured talent, and it mostly is rappers who were famous not recently. <laughs> it's like Jim Jones or Fat Joe, people who, like... Like B-list rappers from 10 years ago? Sent, yeah, people who had a hit Whoa. when I was in middle school and haven't really had one since. Okay. They had more music, but no one cared, that kind of thing. So... The uh, Fire Squad, as they call themselves. No. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not making that up. They're all, <laughs> they also occasionally refer to themselves as the Fire Tribe. Nice little, maybe mm, an Avatar okay. reference. I don't know. I don't, I don't Billy know. Billy seems like the kind of nerd who might be into Avatar The Last Airbender. <laughs> not to put down Avatar The Last Airbender, by the way. Goodness, that's a great show. Never seen it. Guess what? I've never seen that. <laughs> oh, see, I thought I was giving you a softball there. That's a really easy one. It's a Nickelodeon show, Maggie. I wasn't allowed to watch that as a child. What do you mean you weren't allowed to watch Nickelodeon? I, I, that's exactly what I mean. I <laughs> How are you not allowed to watch Nickelodeon? How does that happen, yes. Maggie? <laughs> were you in a cult? No, Eric. <laughs> Prove it. <laughs> What, do you want me to show you pictures from my childhood? Yeah, I've got this, I've got this not, wasn't in a cult certificate, and I'd like you to show me yours, please. I watched PBS. I mean, PBS I did too. Kids. I didn't have cable as a kid. All right, like, okay, who's in a cult now? Well, I could have now? watched it if we'd had it. It wasn't like, it was like, no Nickelodeon for you, Eric. My dad just didn't like paying for TV. That's fair. I don't know. I don't even know what channel it was. I don't, I grew up just fine, thank you. <laughs> but why couldn't you watch Nickelodeon, Maggie? It's just it was just a rule. SpongeBob was was not a good show. Not not good for SpongeBob kids. SpongeBob was know. a good show. Let's be clear. That's that's a it's crude humor. I'm not into it. Crude? What? <laughs> I've seen like two episodes in my life and I didn't like them. Wow. So I hadn't <laughs> realized I was in the presence of a cartoon philistine. <laughs> I just said one negative thing about Spongebob. Well, you also never watched Nickelodeon. You think that Spongebob no. is crude humor. <sighs> which is just a weird idea to me. I don't know. That makes know. it sound like it's the Seth Rogen of TV shows. <laughs> and it's I, it's not. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I haven't seen a lot of it. So that, that I just didn't. That's That was my reaction to the two episodes I saw. Anyway, we're learning a lot about... We're learning too much about my childhood. Let's get back to your story. <laughs> yeah, let's learn about Fire Festival because Perfect. that's what's announced in December 2016 to promote the Fire Music Booking app. Wonderful. Fire Festival was intended to draw investors to the app to help make it a big deal. It is announced in December 2016 primarily through videos on Instagram. Hundreds of Instagram models, such as Emily Ratajkowski, Kendall Jenner, uh, Bella Hadid, all post similar videos, and they feature these models lounging on beaches, on jet skis and yachts, on an island purportedly in the Bahamas. And it advertises Fire Festival, which I a direct quote, Fire is an experience and festival. A quest. That's, uh, hmm. Well, it was advertised they... as a two-weekend music festival uh -huh. that was also 
a cultural moment. And please imagine Tilda's on either side of a cultural <laughs> moment. <laughs> well, well, how did they finagle that filming? How did they get the models on the beaches and the... What? Get to that in just a second. These okay. ads said that the island that they were going was it was an island in the exumas a part of the bahamas uh they said that the island was once owned by pablo escobar because i (laughs) guess that was the cred they wanted to invoke and there's there were also rumors that there was buried treasure on this island i didn't see that in the videos Anyway, hundreds of Instagram models begin to put out these videos. And this was the idea of the uh, social media manager of Fire Festival known as Fuck Jerry. Why? Do you have you heard of do you know Fuck Jerry, Maggie? No. (laughs) Fuck Jerry is a uh, content aggregator account that started on Instagram, spread to Facebook and other places that essentially takes jokes that they find on other Instagram accounts, Tumblr accounts, it places on the internet, wherever they can find them, and post them on their own feed. That's all they do. Okay. And it has bloomed into a actual company. Oh no. Has fuck Jerry, yeah. But why? Because people follow shit that just posts a lot of funny images. They don't care if the people posting them actually made them. Oh, our poor world. Yeah. I'm glad I could introduce you to that side of the internet, too. I don't want to know that side of the... I believe that it exists. Fuck Jerry want... is one of a legion of internet people who Ugh. take funny images, and if there is artist signatures or credit or copyright on the image, they remove them and then post the image by itself without any recognition of who made it onto their own account cool well people people will do anything these days for likes <laughs> on tw- on twitter these are usually known as joke stealer accounts okay yeah accounts like common white girl tends to be <laughs> any kind of account that like doesn't really seem to have any personality it just posts funny yeah. images usually okay. is just stealing these from other places all right good to know Yeah, that's, again, I love this crash course that I get to give you about (laughs) the internet. So, Fuck Jerry was the guy who was, or the people, I suppose, who were behind the uh, social media campaign that Mm -hmm. these models put out. The uh, models did, mostly did not acknowledge that this was an ad that they were putting out. They just put out a video advertising this music festival and Mm -hmm. said that they would be going to it and it sounds great but they didn't say that it was an ad which is illegal oh good just so you know if you ever become an instagram model maggie you can't just put out ads for other things that people are paying you to put out without acknowledging that oh well thank you now now i was gonna do that but now i won't yeah i just well i'm here for you maggie i'm your pal (laughs) thanks Mm -hmm. so This music festival, oh, the influencers, I told you the team, the fire squad and the fire tribe, the influencers were called fire starters. Uh, uh, verbal, I'm trying to, I don't, face palm is all I can, is all I can think of. That's a good reaction. 
but I can't do that because this is a podcast, but, you know, <laughs> slapping noise, whatever. <laughs> you could try. <laughs> Probably be audible. I'm not, not going to do that. Ah, you wimp. <laughs> you called me a wimp. You said I lived in a cult. This is You this won't is go brutal. for the extra mile on my podcast. I get it, Maggie. Did you hear it? <laughs> I, I will say she did slap herself in the face. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so the first original video said, I, I'll hit you with that good quote again. Fire is an experience and festival a quest. It was, it advertised a two weekend musical music festival that was also a cultural moment that promised the best of music, art, food, and adventure. Sounds too good to be true. Let's it go. It didn't actually announce any headlining musical acts, though. Because <laughs> it said that those would be continuously announced after that. Okay. And they did. Uh, headliners announced including Migos, Blink-182, Pusha uh-huh. T, Disclosure, Major Lazer, and the Good Music Family. All were announced to be part of this festival on a remote private island in the Bahamas. Wonderful. Did they know that they were uh, listed on this list? Uh, yes, yes, they did. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, they did. Uh, the ads featured yachts, jet skis. They said information was given out that the accommodations would be luxurious, modern, eco-friendly geodesic domes that people could oh. hang out in. Packages. Geodesic domes. Yeah. P- packages <laughs> for people to uh, buy tickets were eventually uh, made available for sale. They started around $400 plus airfare. Okay. But but the 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 average package, the one that peop, that most people know, cost about a thousand five hundred dollars. Good. Other more luxurious packages that promised like luxury villas with four people, four bedrooms, mm-hmm. went up to around twelve thousand dollars. Whoa. There were some VIP packages that promised like backstage access. That reportedly, but I haven't confirmed this, reportedly went into the hundreds of thousands of dollars range. Wow. How, how, what an awful man. How can he do this? How does he sleep at night? That's my question. How dare he rip off these dumb rich people? All right, when you put it that way. How dare he? These poor dumb rich people, they don't know any better. When you put it that way, yeah, well, there's no one to, there's no one to root for in this story. Yeah, there isn't. There aren't yeah. too many people to root for in this huh. story. Sorry about that. That's all right. Incompetence sometimes works that way. Hype pretty much just grew from there. December uh, was when the first videos came out. It was set for late April. Mm-hmm. Hype just kind of took off. As hype does. And that's where we're going to break for an ad. Hey, I'm Liam. And I'm Eric, and we host an anime podcast. Hold on, hold on. It's, it's funny. I, I don't like anime. And I do like anime. And we watch it, and we review it, and I Well, try to... I review it, and then you derail everything. Yes. Uh, it's called the Shmanime Podcast. It's on the Major Cast Network every other Wednesday. Do we commit to that? When did that happen? Oh, fuck, it's Tuesday, isn't it? <laughs> every other Tuesday. <laughs> on the Major Cast Network, or iTunes, or wherever you get podcasts. Probably. How are we feeling so far, Maggie? <sighs> I'm intrigued. I'm appalled. I'm stunned. That sounds like you're being patronizing. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's actually I like I I think I can see where this is going. I feel like 
<laughs> everything's gonna get canceled and their money's gonna be gone and then they're gonna be mad and then billy's gonna be nowhere to be seen i am actually now realizing that you really haven't heard of this and i love that oh see <sighs> i'm just so grateful i think for this, this whole podcast is about you know Pointing out how much I live under a rock. No, no, no. It's it's getting to listen to somebody, like, experience this for the first time. Like I said, this is Fire Festival, an experience. <laughs> That's the title of the okay, story. Okay, well, I'm happy I can do this for you. Thank you. So, hype's just been building, because honestly, that sounds pretty good. A music festival headlined by Disclosure, Major Laser. Blink-182, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's... I hope that was in the tagline, Blink-182, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I don't... I don't really see how that how much of a draw nope. that is, but hey. Whatever. Chase your bliss. <laughs> but it's in a... It's on a private island in the Bahamas. You get flown there. There are, like, these cool Instagram models. I guess if that's your definition of cool, just hanging out there with you. I mean, I wouldn't go, but I'm sure plenty of dumb rich people wanted to. That's a pretty good sounding deal. Sure. Also, like everything, like they were promised like five star catering wow. with the like I said, it it was the best of art, music, and food. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. And a few weeks before the concert was set to begin, guests were informed that the event would be cashless and cardless. Uh, and were encouraged to put funds into wristband accounts so oh, that they could cover no. incidentals. And people did it. People put, uh, they, the recommended amount was over $1,000, and a lot of people did it. That's so, that's, oh my gosh. That's just, yeah, that's incompetent. That's dumb. Wow. Yeah, they 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 put money onto this account, so that they'd be able fishy. to pay for all this five-star catering. So that's pretty much the last thing the guests heard until they arrived on April 27th, 2017. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh, this is so recent. Yeah. Wow, where have I been? <laughs> <laughs> like I said, this is a current event story. Oh boy. Not a story from history. I've been listening to all this politics news. What have I, you know, what have I done? For the two weekend music festival, approximately 8,000 tickets had been sold. <laughs> wow. 8,000 people did not arrive, but several private planes arrived with guests filled up on them. And more guests arrived via commercial transport. Okay. They, they did not find the music festival festival they had been expecting. What did they find? So you remember those uh, eco-friendly domes? Yeah. The luxurious accommodations? Yeah. Those were more like disaster relief tents. <gasps> wow. There weren't so much headliners that were there when they got there. It was more like local musicians. Wow. You remember the five-star catering I talked about? Yes. Those were more like bag lunches. And there weren't much of them. Oh, no. Wow. Wow. You remember how there, you know, there was plenty of alcohol reference in the advertising. There was definitely implied that people were going to be having champagne. There wasn't a ton of booze. Uh, But there was some... For the first night. Oh my gosh. Where were the wristbands? To accompany the local band. Oh, those didn't really appear. Oh my gosh. Wow. People mill around on this K on Greater Exuma, which is (laughs) 
For those who want to know, the uh, Exuma is a region in Bahamas that has a very low population, but is known, but is recently becoming more of a tourist destination. Mm-hmm. It only has a population of about six thousand people, wow. and a lot of that are from the resorts that are on there. Mm. And when guests arrive. They didn't so much find a bunch of villas, they found relief tents and a gravel beach. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and not really like big <laughs> stages, but more like one pavilion. Wow. That the, is that there... the local band was playing Is on. there enough room for Blink-182 on that one pavilion? We'll get to that. Oh boy. The booze that go that is... Uh, there to accompany the local band runs out pretty quick. Sure. People start asking to be taken to their accommodations, you know, those luxurious <laughs> domes. Yeah. And uh, this is when Billy McFarland comes out of the headquarters to talk to his people. Oh my god. He was there? He was actually there? He was there what? the first night. He stands on top of a table and says, everyone calm down. It's all going fine. <gasps> Don't worry, we're going to get our headliners here. Don't worry. And he sa- and people ask, like, can I be shown to my yeah. place where I'm going to sleep? And he just kind of goes, you can take whatever tent you want. Wow. What a dick. And that's when people realize that, you know, this is not what they expect. And they start banding together to help each other to leave. Yeah. I'm just fucking with you. I'm just fucking with you, Maggie. This is when it devolves into near riot conditions. Oh, dope. Yeah. Wow. And this is, and it just starts to devolve into this situation when it gets to be uh, nighttime. Mm-hmm. And there's very little lighting. Uh-oh. And as people find out, there's also no running water. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> These rich people have probably never been in that situation in their lives. And the bottled water that they have been provided runs out pretty fast along with the food. Wow. That's, wow. Huh. Mm-hmm. That's like a that's a dangerous situation. Wow. Also, it looks like it's threatening to rain. Wonderful, of course. Mm-hmm. So when uh, people try to leave, they say that the private planes aren't running right now. Nice, nice. And Billy McFarlane is there. Did they kill him? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <sighs> Poor weather holds people there. Equipment begins to be broken. Uh, luggage starts to be stolen, and now people start tweeting about. The conditions, and this is when Fire Festival becomes famous. Oh my gosh, that's amazing! Because now people are tweeting pictures that they're taking of the uh, campground. Yeah, they are p- taking picture of the uh, medical team. Well, <gasps> not so much the medical team, more the medical team's absence. <laughs> they start taking picture of the uh, whole wheat cheese sandwiches they've been given to eat. Mm, whole wheat and cheese. Mm-hmm. Five stars. They start taking pictures of the disaster relief tents, and which are not just disaster, disaster relief tents, they're damp disaster relief tents because <laughs> it's been storming in Exuma recently. Wow. Wow. There are people who tweet about how security is stealing from the customers or how my passport's been stolen. What do I do? Because these are rich people and they, and they don't hopeless. know how to respond to this situation. That's kind of funny. I gotta say, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, nasty crap happening on this island of the Bahamas, but this is pretty, you know. This is a good time. This is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, this is pretty good. Like, and do I feel bad? I should. I don't. <laughs> the rest of Twitter proceeds to laugh at good. the Fire yeah, Festival. Yeah. 
as they should. Yeah. Because these idiots just waltz into this island in the Bahamas and wow. find bullshit and don't know how to respond. That's, like, as long as everybody lived, that's, like, pretty funny. And, like, yeah, that's good for you, rich people. So these goddamn idiots eventually figure out that they're supposed to go to the U.S. Embassy in times like this. And they do, times and the like U.S. These. Embassy helps them out. It takes literally days for everyone to get home. Amazing. Deserved. And eventually Fire Festival, like in the middle of all this, goes like, ah, festival postponed. No. Oh, yeah. Stupid. Oh, yeah. What did Blink-182 oh, yeah. do? What did Major Laser do? They knew they were on this list. What was their plan? So... In the aftermath of this, the truth about Fire Festival begins to come out. All right, good. First of all, the workers at the at the festival site had been telling McFarland that he had to cancel the festival for weeks, and he had not complied. Cool. He pushed on anyway. Cool. They told him that they couldn't, that he wouldn't be able to do it because, on top of there being almost no infrastructure in the K that he had chosen mm-hmm. to have the festival in. On top of that, uh, so they they would have no running water. That's why that happened. On top of that, the workers had also stopped being paid by the time of the fire festival. Oh come on! Oh no! They'd been they had been getting paid, and then the payments started being later and later, and then they just stopped coming oh, at all. That's they're they're who I'm rooting for now. And then it comes out that very few businesses involved in the festival had been paid at all. Terrible. Not just local ones, but investors, people who'd supplied equipment. equipment. And it turns out that the reason that they created those wristband accounts were to pay for these debts. Wow. Yeah. What? Wow. Remember remember how he'd been talking about Pablo Escobar owns one yeah, of these yeah, islands, yeah, yeah. the island that this is going to be at? When that video was released they were still scouting for locations they didn't know which island it was going to be on also pablo escobar never owned an island in the bahamas oh man okay good so like (laughs) what did he figure that no one would find out yeah like that seems to be information people would know Uh uh-huh wow and here's the real kicker there have already been so many in the days before the first proposed fire festival weekend Mm -hmm. the major influencers and the headliners had been warned not to come have been warned not to come what does that mean by by billy by the festival they had (gasps) been told that they should not come because it wasn't ready for them they should just do the second weekend because they were still optimistic enough that they'd be ready by then oh my gosh my favorite part of this is that they thought that they'd be ready for a second weekend, but literally they didn't have enough food or water to last one night. Well, obviously they weren't. That was fake too, you know? They were just, wow, this is very manipulative, but also a little incompetent because there's going to be consequences. Yeah, fire postpones the festival, meaning they cancel it. Right, right. They blame it on poor weather. Billy McFarland writes a whole piece for Rolling Stone in his own words, apologizing. What? Blame it on this storm that they'd had that made all the tents damp. <laughs> you know, because that's what did yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, the geodesic dome tents. Yeah, that's, wow. I mean, that's what, that's where everything went wrong, right? That's why, I mean, you know. Is that, is that where everything went that's wrong? That's why you couldn't pay for your infrastructure. That's why you didn't have running water, right? Yeah, the tents. Great. Well, once once uh, the whole scandal starts to come out, the the Instagram models who released 
the videos in the first place delete their ads. Of course. Wow. And don't apologize to their fans for <laughs> posting them. But how did they, how did Billy get them to post these ads? Like I said, fuck Jerry. Reached oh, out to the Instagram right. okay. models, right. gave them, paid, and like they, I mean, they clearly spent a lot of their budget on making these ads. Oh my gosh. Paying these models to like star in these ads. What a mess. <laughs> <laughs> Maggie, later I'm going to have you uh, sign a form that consents to me playing that what a mess soundbite whenever things go wrong on this podcast. I'll probably let you do that. (laughs) Sounds good. We've been playing with different catchphrases. Maybe that's it. What a mess. I tell you what, this is just a boondoggle. I tell you what, this is just a... Just a bit of a scramble there in, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So then the lawsuits start to arrive. Perfect. As I assumed they would. Yeah. So on top of hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment were lost to riots, lost to things, you know, getting broken, and lost in customs, which included Blink-182's musical gear. (laughs) Because it arrived before them, and then they oh. canceled their appearance at the last minute, but the uh, equipment went without them. Oh my gosh, And it wow. got stuck in customs. Perfect. Ideal. Yeah. <laughs> wow, did Billy just decide to keep that? Like, oh, these are my speakers. I'm gonna... I'm so gonna on these. top of the hundreds of thousands of dollars lost there, 11 different lawsuits are leveled at Fire Media. Only 11? <laughs> Five of them are from specific businesses. A few of them are just a, for a few hundred thousand dollars. Just, uh, one just of them is from, like, thousand. Table List, which is a ticket vending service for $3.5 million. Wow. And then the class action lawsuits begin to arrive on top of that. Perfect. I don't know how much each class action lawsuit uh, is worth, but I know that one of them estimates damages at a hundred million dollars. Nice. Because rich people apparently think that their time is worth a hundred million dollars. Ugh, gross. It's not. Mm-hmm. Hint. Hint, rich people. It's not. On top of all this, people are saying that the, uh, founders of Fire Media might be facing jail time because there's a chance that they didn't commit just false advertising, but also fraud. No, sir. Wow. Yeah. Oh, man. That's... Well, mm-hmm. I hope they go to jail. Yep, there's some recording of Ja Rule and Billy talking to their employees, and the employees are like, did we commit fraud? And Ja Rule's like, no, it's just false advertising. Oh. It's not fraud. And Billy doesn't say anything. Nice. Oh, he knows. Yeah. He knows. He's reached mm-hmm. the end of his scheming scheming plans. Honestly, I doubt it. He was able to fail upward pretty hard with Magnus's. <laughs> and so I don't I don't know how much of a consequence Billy personally is gonna face. I don't think Fire Media is going to easily survive this one. Well it should But really, <clears throat> let's talk about the carpenters who are meant to be paid thousands of dollars for working eighteen hour days to make Fire Festival happen who no. haven't been paid. Let's talk about companies that provided ten million dollars worth of equipment that haven't been paid. I hate that let's so much. talk about the Bahamian government, the Ministry of Tourism that has had to apologize for this despite the fact that they weren't involved in any way shape or form just because they're so worried of what a bad picture this will present 
to future tourists. Yeah. Let's talk about how the Georgetown Regatta, a classic event that's been held for decades in the in the Exumas, had to be kind of put on hold because Fire Festival was scheduled for the same weekend. That's why guests for Fire Festival couldn't get hotels or anything because they were already booked for the regatta. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. It could not have been more incompetently managed if they had tried. See, I don't think that's incompetence. I think that's manipulative. I think they knew and didn't care. I mean, they were there, but the when you talk about the wristband thing to like pay those debts, that's that's definitely like oh shit, like we messed up. We have to. It's do a confidence on both sides, but I do think that McFarland's team believed in what they were doing. They just didn't know what they like. McFarland's whole business scheme up until this point had been kind of connecting businesses to consumers or co- yeah. or content creators. Yeah. Like that's all he's done. Like that's what Magnus does. He just connects consumers to restaurants mm-hmm. his spling connect, connects you know businesses forgot about spling god yeah content creators yeah that was a long time so ago. much has happened after spling many moons ago <laughs> i talked about spling wow that's what he's good at and he's not used to like actually creating infrastructure he's not he's not used to actually creating something yeah he has no idea what that entails like so many millennials anyway <laughs> he is only a few years older than i us. know yeah 91. He's, he's younger than 30 still. Wow. Because he was born sometime in 1991. <laughs> yeah, mysterious. Sometime in some strange place. He emerged from the forest. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. God, no. He emerged fully formed from a sewer. <laughs> oh. That is the end of Fire Festival and Experience. A cultural moment. That is disgusting. <laughs> Tell me more, Maggie. Hit me with it. Give me your best adjectives, please. That's foul, but mostly to the workers and carpenters who were not compensated for their efforts. Cut loose, Maggie. Hit him with a swear word or two. Stop. <laughs> Shit. Damn. That that poor island. Now, like, if I ever have the funds, I'm gonna go and just like, you know. Find yeah, carpenters. Yeah, it's honestly, it looks gorgeous. Like yeah. none of the, I'm pretty sure like none of the uh, fire festival promotional material actually was of the Exumas. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was more like you know Miami and like Probably. the capital of the Bahamas or something. Not anything where they were gonna be. Yeah. But from what I've seen of like actually the Exumas, it's a very nice place. I'm sure it is. I like. I've I've been camping. I camp in damp tents. That'd be fine for me. I can bring my own water. Let's go. Hey, guys. Eric here. So before we get to the little story at the end of each episode of Big Time Whoopsies, I figured I would update you guys on a bit of news that happened after this episode was recorded. So you remember way back when, a long time ago, when I said that Billy McFarland might get arrested for fraud. Well, he was arrested for fraud. He is charged with one count of wire fraud. Specifically, he is charged with overstating both the income and the cash position of Fire Media to potential investors in a bid to draw more money to the project. And Billy McFarland 
could face up to 20 years in prison. Let's be honest, though, he probably won't. He'll probably get off with some ridiculously short sentence. Anyway, I'm, I'm supposed to tell you about happy things now. So let's get back to it. So, as you as you now know, Maggie, because you're one of the uh, first people who's been able to listen to the mm-hmm. episodes before recording, at the end of each episode, after telling you a big old story about grand incompetence, mm-hmm. I like to tell a little story about competence on an absurd level. I love it. I'm excited. I still I feel like I should probably have a title for these. <laughs> Like no. what kind, like what do you mean? Here's a pickle for the knowing ones. <laughs> that's that's a it. That's to what a it thing. is forever. I've no. I don't know what the reference is, of course, but I like it. It's you should look up uh, I believe it's a book called A Pickle for the Knowing Ones. Oh, I like books. I'll look up books, okay. Oh, you won't like this <laughs> oh, one. No, why? It's it's written <laughs> ostensibly in English. What? <laughs> it's not coherent. It's the ravings of a madman. Oh. Of a person who is so incompetent, people would tell him things as a joke that he should do in business, and then he would just do them, and they would miraculously make money for him anyway. Wow, are you going to talk about that one day on your podcast someday? Maybe. Hmm. Preview. Maybe. Come attractions. So, here's a pickle for the knowing ones. Have you ever heard of Hamblin glasses? Hamblin glasses? Nope. Hamblin glasses were invented in 1936. Maggie, do you like to read while lying down? I do, from that question. Have you ever had this problem, Maggie? You're reading while lying down, but you gotta prop up your neck so you can see the goddamn book. Every day, Eric. I struggle every day with this problem. Well! (laughs) Maggie! Have I got the product for you? Fantastic. Hamlin glasses are a kind of glasses where uh, (laughs) inside the lenses are angled mirrors. Tell me more. So that, essentially, if you look straight through them and you were standing up straight, you would see the floor. That's the (laughs) angle that you would see. Which means that if you lied on your back and held a book up, you'd be able to see the book without moving your head. That's ideal. Without... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Don't more adjectives and give me more adjectives. Yes, please! Maggie, hit me with some adjectives, please. Maggie, I'm dying for adjectives. Please give me some adjectives. That is divine. That is ingenious. Who came up with these mirror refraction glasses in 1936? Hamblin? Tom Hamblin? Was I'm that who? I'm not actually sure because there's no, like, Wikipedia page. You rely on Wikipedia because... a lot, don't you? There, yeah, oh yeah, are you kidding me? Actually, for this one, I didn't rely on Wikipedia. Well, because you had all of Twitter just... at your disposal. Cause you, you... No, I just read news articles about it. New York Times had a very good article that was very helpful. I'm sure, about which I'm going to look up immediately after this. Vanity Fair had a few good ones, yeah. too. So, they, they're they not super known because they weren't popular when they were first invented. They did not take off. What were people doing? I don't know. Suffering. Probably fighting in a war or something. <laughs> or being depressed. Mm. the 1930s you get it it's really the okay all right okay <laughs> it, was, it was the great depression yeah i know i know that happened do you then. get the joke Maggie? i got it eric you can't tell me you got the joke good at good at history you can't pull one over on me so they didn't they weren't popular then i don't know why 
but recently they have been uh, reinvented. Wait, recently? Okay. Recently. Okay. There are now, you can now buy what are, they don't call them Hamblin glasses anymore. They call them lazy glasses. Oh, so you can wear them because... with a Snuggie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Indeed, Maggie. In fact, I think you should do that. <laughs> I don't have a Snuggie and uh, I was being... Honestly, that surprises me. <laughs> Ouch, I'm offended. Really? Who has a Snuggie? I don't know, people. I don't, I, I, no, I would never it's own a It's a blanket snuggie. with sleeves. Who doesn't want that? Me, they're blankets. <laughs> Do you not like blankets? No, I have blankets, so I don't need one with arms. Oh, but <laughs> what if you want one that you can put your arms through and like hold a book while you're wearing your Hamblin glasses? I've never wanted that. I've never. <laughs> oh. So instead of, so lazy glasses, instead of uh, being advertised for reading while lying down, mm -hmm. they're more advertised for watching TV while lying down. No! <laughs> and that's where this goes from, like, Gross. quaint, cute thing to, like, apathetic blob thing. <laughs> yeah. God, I can picture someone wearing a cheetah print Snuggie with their lazy glasses holding a towel. Just, like, lying straight back. <laughs> And looking at this TV, just... With a bedpan, they never leave. Ugh. Uh, and here's the best part about these glasses. Uh-huh. If you look at someone <laughs> at the mirrors while someone's looking through them... Yeah. They're terrifying. I'm sure they are. Because you just see these eyeballs oh. floating above somebody's head oh in these lenses. Wow. They are terrifying. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> you look like... You can see, you could, like, you look at them from, like, the perspective of their feet, and you can see two things on this person's face. You can see their nostrils and their eyeballs. That's wrong. That's wrong. It's insane. It's really wrong. I, Eric, I don't know if this is a story of, of extreme competence. I think it's extreme catering to lazy people. Yes! <laughs> They're very incompetent in their laziness. Like... This guy was like, I love to read, but I only really like to do it while lying down. I have got to invent a thing for them. I don't know, man. I was... I don't know. I'm fine with with pillows and blankets and, uh... I know, Maggie, just because it's a tale of absurd comedy doesn't mean that you have to buy in on it. I know. The thing earlier where I was saying, like, have I got the product for you? That's what was known as a comedy bit. I was playing along with you. You don't have to explain that to me. Where I was, you can stop uh, trying explaining to sell you at any at any point product, <laughs> so that you, you can maybe buy it in a fictitious setting <laughs> for the purposes. You know, comedy. I would never do that. We both know neither of us would ever do that. We're yeah, done no, here. I'm not. I think they're pretty cheap though, which is cool, and they go over your <laughs> existing glasses, which I guess is ideal. I don't know. Lazy people. <laughs> they are called lazy glasses. They know what they're getting. They into. should just. I mean, they could even. They could call them Hamblin glasses and be classy and, you know, rustic about it, but they're just... Yeah, but that... I feel like Hamblin glasses sound like something, like, scientific or something. That's true. They don't want that brand confusion. All right, so that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for being on the podcast, Maggie. Thanks for letting me make jokes about you being in a cult. That was very nice of you. I don't, I don't like them. Just let it be known. <laughs> I don't approve. <laughs> I don't appreciate it. <laughs> this is the first time we've had 
someone on this podcast who's ended up by, by clearly having a quiet thought to themselves going, should I have been on this? Is this a good idea? I'm not sure. Eric, I've had a great time, and I would do it again as long as there are fewer cult jokes next time. <laughs> well, if I have you on again, I won't make a single joke about you being in a cult. I don't believe that, but okay. I promise. <laughs> So do you have anything anything on the internet you want me to plug? God, no. I'm in school again. I have nothing. I'll have a portfolio that I, I want firms to see, but I'm not there yet, man. All right, well, firms. Architecture firms. You're hearing me. You, you're listening to this. I know you are. Don't pretend you're not. Firms! If you don't look at my friend Maggie's work, I'll do something. Well, that was a terrible plug. I'll write an episode about you. That's what I'll do. <laughs> All about your specific one. So for those who don't know, I kind of forgot to do plugs on my last couple episodes, so <laughs> I got to do it this time. My name is Eric McAdams. You can find me here on the Major Cast Network on the Shmanime podcast. I've also guested on the Media Majors podcast, which you should also check out. You can find me on Twitter at yours. And you can find my personal website, which has my creative writing at nocharacterissafe.com. Audaciously yours. Ooh. <laughs> that's, that's my Twitter handle. <laughs> I wanted, so, because I'm a dork, <laughs> I wanted it to sound like a signature. Yeah. Like sincerely yours. Yeah. And audaciously means of or relating to eating. I did not know that, but now I do, and I like that's that that's your Twitter handle. <laughs> I feel like audaciously yours captured my brand pretty well. <laughs> so this has been Big Time Whoopsies. Thanks for listening. Dope. Thanks for listening to the Major Casts Network. Stay fun, stay nasty, and stay major. <laughs>